Alright, what's cracking, everybody? Happy uh, 4-20-22, 10-46pm out here. You know, and, uh, yeah, nice champagne, a little windy, uh, some weird weather out here, you know. Uh, nice, uh, Wednesday, um, 420, um, you know, National Weed Day. Uh, so, congratulations, everyone. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to, uh, make a little podcast here, and, like, I made, like, a I made this podcast, or a 420 podcast extravaganza, and, like, I made, like, a pretty decent Google document, uh, well, it's actually a Word doc, to go over it, and I was just talking to my friend Colin on, on FaceTime, and I'm like, you know what, like, I need to make a podcast, like, I'm just gonna just go, like, right after it, um, and so that's pretty much what's going on here, so, if you... I basically have four sections for this podcast. Like, I wrote this out earlier, and, like, I was going to format it a bit more, but I just, like, pretty much, like, wrote basic ideas, and so I'm going to follow this four, like, section structure. Talk about these four topics, and, you know, just we'll see what happens. You know, I, I don't know really what's going to happen, but, like, I kind of, like, everything I talked to Colin about, I was like, I just need to be recording this, and... Uh, get it all out there, just my thoughts, because I haven't made a podcast in probably, like, uh, two weeks or so, and, like, if I'm going to pull up Market Watch here, um, and basically, I mean, I think the S&P has been relatively flat for, like, the past, like, month, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, yeah, for the past month, oh, I can just pull it up here, uh, one month, yeah, literally seven basis points, wow, that's crazy that I got that one, I'm sure Nasdaq's going to be down, like, two basis points, uh, sorry, 2%, and it's uh, actually closer down to 3.37. Now, I'm going to tell you the Dow is probably up 2% or so, uh, maybe 1%. Oh, yeah. Wow, Dow one month, up 2.34%. Okay, and then we go over here, and, like, uh, I guess I'll, I'll just knock out my uh, like little disclaimer here. Student, love the markets. You know, I want to get my thoughts out there, talk about it, because, you know, podcasts, it's fun to do, want to share my opinions, you know. You're going to have to look back on this. It's not investment advice, not a financial advisor, clearly. You know, just enjoy talking about the markets, you know. Want to listen, you want to listen, don't. No no need, you know. This is not for you, it's just for me to have some fun. So anyway, anyway, without further ado, let's get after it. So, uh, I mean, you know, I, I could focus on, like, you know, the headlines. Like, there's a few that, like, actually need to be talked about, like the Bank of Japan. And now it's getting, like, a lot of mainstream media, which is good to see. But, like, you know, Elon Musk and Twitter, I don't care. I mean, oh, I see a sign for Intel. I actually, we will talk about Intel later. As you guys know, I'm a big Intel fanatic. Oh, dude, I swear. I am on my Bluetooth. So I just disconnected my Bluetooth. I hope that, uh, I hope it caught this on audio. Because if not, I am going to be pissed. Uh, actually, I'm going to probably check that right now. Because I, I would check that. Alright, so it clearly worked, and, uh, anyway, so I just, like, I, I, there's been times where I recorded a podcast for, like, 30 minutes, and I didn't realize that my, uh, voice was not recording, and I, it's just the most frustrating thing ever, but, like, Netflix down 35%, uh, I guess I'll kind of hit on that, but I'm not really too, like, worried about it. I want to talk more about, uh, um, like, macro and what's going on there, so the four sections are, one is Max the Contrarian, two is Bonds and fixed income equals basic economics. Um, we're going to get into, I guess we'll tell, all right, what are we going to get into? Max Country, and I wrote, market is bearish is F now, we pounce. Yield curve update. What does well here? Question mark. And then I have a special note on commodities. Um, bonds and fixed income. 
equals basic economics. We've been talking about the JGB, Dixie, Japan, open market operations, USA bond issuance, slow in growth. Three, <laughs> this is pretty funny actually. I wrote, what happens after Fed pivot? Question mark. Then I wrote, retard in all caps. And then I wrote, so I think I'm just going to talk about what I think happens after the Fed pivots. Um, and yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a fun one. I'm actually looking quite forward to it. I posted on Twitter and I asked this question: What happens after the Fed pivot? But I guess no one felt like they wanted to engage in a conversation, so we're going to talk about it here. And then four is Max's favorite. Obviously, what is my favorite? Guess, guess, gold and silver. Obviously, B. So it's the number two is Bitcoin. Then we got sugar, coffee, cocoa, Intel, corn, Baba, emerging markets. I guess I'll, th- you know, we're going to have to throw up TLT, but uh, put an asterisk. Maybe have to highlight it too. So that's what we're going to be talking about here today. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the, I guess so. Market is bearish as F now. We pounce. And it's like, you know, this is what I'm talking about here. It's like, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a technical analysis. Like, I'm not, I don't do technical analysis. Like, I think I have a decent idea on how to chart. And it's like, look, it's like pretty much we're like at this like, you know, point on the Dow here. Where it's like, you know, this like 35-3 level or whatever. And, you know, it looks like, you know, from like, you know, previous highs and stuff. You know, it's, you know, 30, this like, you know, 36, 3600 is like, even a bigger top, like, bigger level to break, um, but, like, and I guess, like, you know, 36, 35.8, but, like, we need to break 35.3 first on the Dow, and so it's, like, eh, like, I'm not going to tell you what I think happens, I'm just telling you, like, based off, like, support and resistance, but I, I'm pretty bullish, because, you know, everyone is bearish, you have everyone, except Tom Lee, <laughs> except Tom Lee, when is he ever a bear, though, um, no offense to the guy, I think he's very, I like what he has to say about the market, smart guy, um, but it's like last year, we know that inflation's coming. We know everything that's going to happen. We've talked about it on the podcast. Inflation is here. You know, Fed money printing, quote unquote, collateral crisis, dollar will rise. I mean, you know, we'll see selling of treasuries and like thus that people were getting dollars, dollar going up. And then also money coming out of treasuries, possibly flowing into commodities. Um, I don't know about that. I think there's more of a dollar liquidity crisis out here. And what I mean by that is like, there's not enough dollar funding. So I just have to put some more, you know, money into the system. And, you know, one thing I think that people don't understand is like, we, like Biden literally like p- passed a $1 trillion spending plan like a month ago. I don't know why that didn't get enough like media attention. Like that is going to help the market in the short term. And I seriously think, if we think about, like, crude oil, it's like, what do I think about commodities? And I'll hit a lot about on this, on, you know, Section 3, what happens after the Fed pivot. It's like, why, 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 why am I interested in commodities so much? Like, yes, I love my shiny. Yes, like, cotton, like, co- coffee, man, like, I was talking to my buddy Alex Rafita about coffee on the phone today. Like, like cocoa, like, you know, hot cocoa. Shout out my boy Zeth. Like, dude, he, like, apparently, if you drink hot cocoa, your intelligence goes up, which I just think is hilarious because this kid always 
is getting hot cocoa when we're at the airport. Anyway, I, I got to talk, like, you know, relate this to my own life, you know, help make the podcast a little fun, less uh, financy. But basically, it's like everyone is bearish. And what does the market do? The market crushes you when you don't think, when you least expect it. And if you look at what's going on right now, it's like usually when the, you know, we'll, we'll get into the yield curve inverting, but there's something I want to talk about, and it's like the Russia default. Um, let's see here. Uh, do I have the story? Yep. Yep. Russia ruled in potential default of a rule payment on debt. Okay. So basically, the Credit Derivatives Determinations Committee said Wednesday that its failure to pay... Uh, and that its payment of rubles to on two dollar bonds was a potential failure to pay for uh credit default swaps, which includes Goldman Sachs, Barclays, and J.P. Morgan. So the potential failure happened on April fourth. So it's like, look, dude, the Russia's defaulting on dollar bonds. Okay. And okay, I not Bloomberg pops up, but like I mean, this is pretty cray cray. I mean, this is like what was happening like a year ago in China, and it's like, oh. Who freaking has to deal with, um, you know, Russia? Who's, like, financing all this activity in Russia? All the biggest banks in the United States. Oh, but didn't, like, find a, pod, a, a clip of me from last year saying it's a financial crisis at the heart. I mean, I'm not going to talk about, you know, my, my, my trade that I'm planning to put on. Um, but let's just say it involves puts and it involves uh, a certain bank, Okay. And like I'm not I'm not going after him now because I mean they've gotten hit pretty hard and apparently Tom Tommy Thornton he's like he's pretty long on the banks I'm like hey I'm all for it because uh you know I I I I would not disown the banks at all and I've talked about it on the podcast before um I mean how are the banks gonna do well if the, <laughs> if yields skyrocket and if yields go lower they won't be able to make any money it's like there's such a garbo garbo investment and if there is this you know dollar crisis, then the banks are going to be the ones that have to have a bail-in. I mean, that's when you get freaking textbook social unrest. So it's like, you know, we just kind of, like, put our thinking caps on. And I think, you know, you got to see through all this. I mean, but, you know, I truly think that inflation is getting close to its high. And, like, oh, I'm not saying inflation peaked. Inflation will not peak until about, you know, 2030, 2028, I would say. And maybe, maybe a little longer or shorter, you know, I'd say 2028 plus or minus, uh, let's round it, 2020, yeah, 2029 plus or minus two years, like, this is gonna be a sustained level of inflation for a while, but I think, like, when you really see, like, the stock market, the bubble go out, is you're gonna have a blow-off top, we didn't have a blow-off top, it's like, on a long-term chart, what's happening right now, you can barely even notice it, number one, and number two, it's just, like, you can't even notice this dip at all on a long-term chart. So what I see is we're going to have to go to an explosive top. I'm talking Nikkei 1989-type levels, okay? Because they're in, like, the biggest bull market of all time, fostered by freaking fake money printing by the Fed and fake wealth. Um, and so, short-term, what do I see here? Oh, I guess I, I didn't talk about the yield curve. So, you know, we... I did, a, I did this podcast, you know, yield curve's gonna invert, inverted, yada, yada, yada. But it's like, the yield curve, when it inverts, what happens? We get a recession within 12 months in the real economy, and stock market will correct 20% uh, 
uh, every time. Sometimes it's a little more, like a lot more. Sometimes it's not as much. So, you know, average about 20%. Okay. So, but like people are like, oh, well, the yield curve inverted, but then it just like completely steepened again. Well, I mean, in the past couple of days, it's been flattening. It's been flattening the past couple of days, like, you know, two ten spreaders at 42 basis points today. Like, it was on 42 basis points yeah, yesterday, and today it is uh, 25 basis points. So it's down quite a bit, okay? But, I mean, if you look at it, uh, it the yield curve bottom, and now it's, it got a little steeper. Um, and usually what happens is the curve inverts, and then within, like, you know, about a year, the curve gets super steep, and then you have a 20% drawdown in equities. Like, you know, we saw this in, you know, when did the yield curve invert? The yield curve inverted in June of 2019. And then it started, the yield curve starts spike, like, uh, sorry, the 210 spread inverted in 2019. Sorry, yeah, 210 year spread, but also the yield curve did invert in June of 2019. And um, I guess that's like pretty similar. Anyway, um, and then we went all the way back up to, you know, 79 basis points on a 210 spread in, like, uh, September of 2020. And, like, when did the market crash? The market crashed. Well, not crash, like, flash crash, I guess. And yield curve steepened up 50 basis points. And that was within uh, about nine months of uh, So it happened in March of 2020. If you go look at, like, the last time you saw the yield curve invert, you know, you see yield curve invert, uh... 2000 December 2005 and then by you know December sorry and then you go to like January uh 2007 it's like the yield curve is at about like one basis point two ten spread so pretty much is like you see as the yield curve gets steepened and then something blows up you go back to let's see here oh perfect 10 uh 1999 March uh of uh, 2000 you start to see the Nasdaq blow off top and then you see S&P completely fall. And it, the yield curve inverted originally in uh, October of 97. But if you actually think about it, in 1998, October of, well, like September, October of 98, is when Russian had its sovereign default. So that is within 12 months about. And you saw long-term capital management blow up. So, I mean, in a way, <laughs> two, two 10-year spread predicts something is breaks. And it's a matter of what happens to save it. Then you see another inversion in uh, March of 1989. What happens in December of 1989? Nikkei peaks. 20 years of downtrend. And, you know, we had also a 20% correction in 1990. Um, so that is just some food for thought with a 210 spread. And so, you know, within within a year, there's going to be something that, you know, happens violently in the market, I truly believe, and in the real economy. The question is, is what happens? Like, what does the Fed do? Do they announce that they're going to buy ETFs? Do they announce they're going to do yield curve control? I mean, I think that, I guess we can just talk about what happens after the Fed pivot. If they go to buying, doing yield curve control, I guess we're talking about, yeah, I guess this all ties together, actually, which is great. If we go into yield curve control, um, who's doing yield curve control right now? Um, the Bank of Japan, they're literally going into the uh, their bond market and doing unlimited JGB purchases for the next four days to anchor the 10-year bond yield at 25 basis points. And then also, I believe, they need, well, I know they need to hold the 10-year at uh, 25 basis points, but I believe the 30-year needs to stay below one spot 10. Let me see here. But I mean, 
that is just crazy because they had to like do this OMO, open market operation and unloaded bond purchase. Let me see here. Yeah, that is one ten. Uh, out of the middle of nowhere because their yield curve is split. Like their 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 bond yields are spiking so much, and because of this, <laughs> you know the Japanese yen has gone from you know about one fifteen the beginning of the year. So USD Jap Japanese yen. So if it goes up, that means the yen is going down. Um, and now we're trading at you know one twenty nine, and you know we hit I believe one thirty the other day, and one thirty is like I mean about the ten year high. So it's telling you it's like something is seriously wrong here. And if we decide, like if the United States decides to go down the route where we start, you know, um, hiking, where we start, like you know, sorry, sorry, my my be my be. If we start, uh, would it like would it if we start to do yield curve control, I think that it could completely backfire on the currency. In Japan, you're starting to see that with Japan, and it's, you know, paving the light. I mean, we usually follow Japan's policies. Uh, the Bank of Japan implemented quantitative easing in uh, 2004, I believe, or it was, two, uh, I believe it was 2004 is, like, the, like the, the main plan of it. Um, but anyway, they implemented their quantitative easing plan, and, you know, we shortly implemented one later in 2008 to, you know, quote-unquote, save the economy. So, the whole thing is here is I think that, uh, I think that you got to keep your eyes peeled on Japan, and, you know, you got to be watching the currency. I mean, the Dixie is like, you know, the U.S. dollar index, you know, weighted heavily against the euro and uh, yen as well. But if you look at it, I mean, it's at like 100 level. And we haven't been this high on the on the Dixie since 2020. And I mean, if you look at the dollar on year to date, it's up five uh, percent. And if you look at it on a year over year basis, it's up ten 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 point one percent. Um, and if you go on like a three year basis, you know we're we're almost near all time highs. Um, and so it looks like the dollar wants to break out and all that. And it, it's just interesting, and it shows you like you know there's trust in the system. Because I mean, when's the last time you know, you see the dollar peak and turn? Going on a real tear, oh, 2000. Sound like times we just talk about, talked about? Like, yes. Um, and, and, and it's interesting that bonds are rallying so hard right here. Because I, I, I seriously believe that there will be a slowdown in growth. And if you see this slowdown in growth, people are going to believe that, oh, oh no, we like need to be, we need to be investing into, uh, we need to be investing into bonds. Because if the growth is slowing down, it's like, yes, like, we think inflation will slow down too, because that's you know modern economists would like you know believe that's what you're taught in like in you know college. I don't believe that's true, and so people will you know flock to bonds and all that. Um, because you know U.S. Treasury are quote unquote risk free, and like everyone's like, oh my gosh, that's changing. But I mean, I don't think banks and like the IMF believe that, and so I think the banks will continue to do that and purchase bonds if growth slows. And if growth slows down and people start buying bonds, I mean, I, I disagree with this argument quite a bit about tech, and tech can't, can't do well if bond yields are going up, like yada, yada, yada. I mean, I think that certain tech won't go up, but I think that some tech can if it's a good company, you know. Do you do the proper fundamental analysis? Um, but everyone has this illusion that, oh my gosh, bond yields take a hit, then that means, you hear that? Some random people outside. Um, anyway, high like tech will start to go up, and high beta stocks that have deferred cash flows will go up because you know, they're using the discounted cash flow model. Bond deals are going down, and you get the higher value on your current 
uh, stock price, okay? And so, I also believe in a slowing environment, you want to have defensive names. So, I mean, I guess defense stocks work because, you know, you're in a uh, war right now. I don't, really, I don't really pay attention to them, so I'm not going to you know, say I would be rushing into it. And, you know, none of this is financial advice. I'm just telling you right, like, what I think and what I do. Because, uh, you know, I, I bought recently uh, Intel and then I bought some TLT 130. So, I'm bag holding right now. I want to buy, but... I'm trying to, like, hold off. I'm going to start buying, making a lot of plays in August. I just want to hold cash. Because my whole thesis is, is why would I be longing if I know that I'll be able to buy and get a better price? Like, you know, you got to be patient. You can't just be, I'm not here to trade. I want to, you know, long-term investors here, okay? We're learning from our mistakes in the past of, you know, yes, sometimes, sometimes you sell things too early. And it's like, uh, that's not what happens. You're in it. You're in it for the long run, and so we're looking for a nice entry point based off of what we understand is going to happen. The real economy. It's like if you look at certain commodities right now, they are um, due for a correction. I mean, they've just like gone freaking parabolic. You look at long term historical charts on commodities. Usually, when they go parabolic, they make a correction. It all depends on the cycle of like what's truly going on. And if people believe that inflation is going to come in because you see growth slowing, I mean, commodities will be, you'll reflect that in their price. And so, I mean, that's why I, I'm not personally, like, rushing into getting commodities. I'm just going to take a break and observe the market. I mean, I think this is, like, some of the craziest markets, you know, you've seen in years. And, you know, everyone's, like, so nervous. And I think, like, that's why the market <laughs> will do quite well. And the weak hands will get shaken out. And then you start to see the real moves. FOMO and people realize that and yeah inflation is here to stay I mean if you don't think like because whatever happens the Fed will just continue to print money and if the Fed continues to print money it's like people lose faith in the currency when you're starting to see people shift away from dollars and you know you can't the dollar can't you can't de-dollarize overnight but it's going to happen okay and, and you, you this is a process that is years in the making and there could be a black swan event that you know uh, comes faster than you know it. I mean, that's why you got to be diversified. I mean, I see this is why, like, I mean, I think you got to own certain names, and I think, like, you got to be shifting the portfolio. And I, so I think, like, you know, if you want to, like, be owning some, be long here, you know, you're long in tech and you're long in bonds and you're long in utilities. And then, you know, if you want to, I'm not saying if you want to go short, but I mean, like, if you want to, like, if you're really in it for, like, the long term and stuff, it's like you buy, you buy gold miners always and you keep them in your portfolio especially these prices, like, they're historically completely undervalued. Now, I think gold could go lower, actually, but, like, below 1900 in the shorter term. So, I, I'm just, like, waiting for a nice entry point. Like, I already have my miners, so if I'm going to add to them, I want to add to, like, a certain price that I'm not going to just, like, completely yellow in here. But that's just me. That's just me talking about, you know, what I'm doing. And then, you know, if you look at cocoa and sugar, these are two commodities that have not been on a tear. And they usually rally after most of the other, other like, uh, soft come out. Like, the grains go up, like wheat. So, I think these are nice things to be looking at. If you look at the chart, I mean, it's just beautiful. They're still down quite a bit from their all-time highs. So, you should, like, definitely, definitely just look into these commodities. And also, you know, wheat, corn, and beans. I mean, there's structural food problems. And, I mean, either, when you hear stuff on, like, CNBC... You can't, like, think, like, for me at least, like, I don't 
want to believe it. Like, if it's on CNBC, like, it probably is just hype, and it will, the, the exact opposite will happen. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. But, so that's why I'm like, I'm like, eh, like, eh, I like Bitcoin sometimes. It, it's just like, eh. But anyway, this is, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop the podcast here. But, uh, I mean, pretty much it's like, you know, be cautious. I mean, I think we're going to rally to, you know, 5K plus by the end of this quarter. And, you know, I will start taking positions when we go above 5300. And, you know, if we're around 5K, I will start taking short positions. But, you know, the top is going to be anywhere from 53 to 68. And, you know, I think 6,000 is like a nice top. But, I mean, in we, if we go parabolic, I mean, like, historically, if we have a blow-off top, it's very possible to go to 6,000 ASAP. And I think yields will fall, and I think tech and utilities will do quite well. Um, do I think that, like, and I think commodities, like, could see some, they like, you know, lose some steam. But do not forget the long-term cycle, okay? And, you know, emerging markets, I think emerging markets are going to do quite well in the long run, but short term, it's like, well, if the dollar goes up, which, you know, I think will continue to happen, then it'll, it'll continue to happen, and until the Fed pivots and starts cutting rates, and it's like, why are you, why are you raising rates when you're actually in recession, or if people believe we're in a recession, the Fed's still hiking rates, the dollar will plummet, and it'll cause all commodities to skyrocket, so that's your risk when you don't hold them, so it's like, very, very interesting plays, but, you, like, just pay attention to bond yields and the dollar. And also watch global currencies. Because, like, the yen is, like, at a pivotal level here. Where the dollar is breaking out to the upside. And same thing, like, the euro is just getting killed against the dollar. And it has been. It's at the lowest level since 2020. It's like, that's telling you something is bre- breaking. So, you know, that's, like, this is, my, like, my short, like, my, my view. Like, I don't see a black swan happening tomorrow night. But there very well could be. <laughs> And that's why I, I, I think just hold cash and be cautious. But, I mean, you know, you got to be watching the macro markets. And that's really um, what I think tells you the story. So, thanks for listening to the podcast. The 420 Extravaganza. I mean, I had to do one because of the podcast. You know, this was kind of just off the cuff. But, I mean, like, look at that. Futures up 57 basis points on the NASDAQ. And, you know, we're, like, above 4,400 on the S&P, that critical level. So, I mean... You know, let's just wait and see what happens, okay? I mean, when everyone be telling me about inflation, it's like, yeah, it's been here for a while. Like, come on. I can't. I can't get behind it. Everyone's like, buy oil and energy. Yes, like, I was 100% with you there in, like, October of 2020. And I was, like, completely with you in, like, 2021. Like, all the way up until, like, you know, August. Or I would probably say, like, July. Like, but like now it's like, I, I, I made money and like, I think it's going to take a hit and I'll go back in. It's like, I'm not trying to chase anything. Discipline. Wait, let it come to you. Uh, well, anyway, thanks guys. Have a good one.